0: Welcome to a basic edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, your very patient amigo Aaron, joined by a man who tries my patience every single time I see him, the most basic man I know, the Brent. How's it going, eh? Not too good, Brent. You're driving me nuts already this morning. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel and we made the exciting deal. And this week, Brent, we will be playing, bam, it's type-in games. we type-in games. Yes. Now, this was an interesting topic. I'm not going to lie. I haven't exactly been licking my chops for type-in games. In fact, I've been trying to actively avoid it for months. But by God, the, the uh, payment came due, and we're going to do type-in games. It turned out to be pretty painless, all things considered. Now, when we say type-in games, tell the people what we mean. We mean actually... Finding a program either listed in a book or a
1: magazine or, uh, you know, just out there in the wild. You sit down at the old basic console or whatever your programming language is. And you finger in those keys and you hit return and you play the game that you, uh, I won't say programmed in yourself, but you typed in yourself.
0: Yeah. Games submitted to magazines and books uh, to allow you to type in uh, the code to play the game or program. Now, you know, back in the day, uh, the Brent, uh, this was a very uh, common way to play your games because there were plenty of people out there. I know it's hard to believe this now, but we were amongst them. There were plenty of people that literally had no way to play anything. They had no, yeah. they had no, uh, they certainly had no hard drive, but they had no floppy drive and they had no cassette, they had nothing. And so I would on in the early days of our uh, ownership of a computer. This was literally the only way we could play a game until we originally, until we eventually got our cassette player that allowed us to get games once we find someone to get games from. Uh, and so we used to do this all the time. Uh, do you remember any particular type of any particular games back in the day that you uh, that you still recall? Nope, not a single one. Now what I would
1: do is uh, on the TI. 85 the graphing calculators i would type in stuff for that uh either stuff i found or programs i would uh do myself i did a little chat program that would actually send chat back and forth over the data cable to another calculator that was good fun i remember doing that i remember making uh, different rpgs that would use the graphing calculator to draw pictures and kind of paper-doll different enemies. You'd have your basic one just standing there, and then you'd have like one with a shield that'd be a little bit stronger. I did that kind of stuff, but I did that kind of stuff in high school. Uh, when we had the uh, TRS-80, which was the main thing that I fiddled around on basic programming at all, I don't actually remember typing in any games. I remember going in and modifying other programs programs that have been typed in. Usually just add in my name so I could feel cool or uh, I, I would find like how many lives there were and I would bump that up to 99 or whatever. But outside of those two things, this was really my first experience with getting a, a source material and typing in the game.
0: That is interesting because I guess when uh, in the early days of the Cocoa, that we had, again, we we owned a TRS-80 Color Computer 2 and then a Color Computer 3, <clears throat> were the first computers that me and the Brent owned. Uh, I did most of the, I did the type-in games, and you were probably still pretty young uh, when I was doing that, uh, but uh, I typed in some of these. Now, uh, depending on what kind of computer ha- you had, you had various uh, resources for finding games to type in. Uh, we would mostly get our games out of magazines, uh, Rainbow was a great place, which we we use that as a resource for this week's show. But uh, a lot of magazines would have games you could type in, including Compute. They had a, a was a very popular magazine to to get your uh, to get your games on. Uh, you could also get stuff in uh, a Hot Cocoa would have would have uh, magazine uh, programs in it. A lot of magazines had them, and then once you and, and what the code was, for people that don't know, you would just literally, they would just print pages and pages of of basic code and then your job was to type them in. There was no scanning the pages. There was no feeding the pages in the computer with a scanner. You just type that that sucker in, man. So, uh, uh, once you were finished and you hit run, that's when the real magic began. That's when you had to figure out what you did wrong because inevitably uh, you would go through these and try to find the failure that you had made somewhere along the way. A comma out of place, a quote that you forgot, a greater than sign instead of a less than sign. There was any number of ways that you could screw these things up. And it really it wasn't a huge task to, to go up and edit the line. You just had to, the huge task was finding where the failure was. Some of these programs would even work with the failure, and it would just make them clunky or screw something up. But that was still a part of it. I distinctly remember uh, programming in a game, uh, that you, you, it was a game where it had a bomb. There was bombs dropped, and I remember it because there was sort of this like spotlight up in the air that kind of added to the ambiance of the game. It was like a some kind of city bombing game that, and I remember this thing was huge. You know, page these things could be really big. These old computer games, you could just have to type in pages and pages of text uh, to get these things in. Now, one would ask Brent, uh, what would one do? When one had typed in one of these games and would like to uh, keep playing it, maybe like tomorrow, uh, you want to fill them in on that. Well, you mean in modern times or no. now? And no, I mean when or, back when we first typed them in, you type them in again. <laughs> That's right. Or or you would uh, leave the computer on overnight yeah. for days, whatever it took. Uh, now. We eventually uh, uh, obtained a, a cassette player, and so you could on the Coco, of course, on all these machines, you could actually save your programs to cassette uh, or disk if you had a disk drive. I note that by the time we ended up getting a cassette player or a disk drive, it was quickly how it was amazing how quickly I stopped programming these in and and just and kept basically using the pro, the games that I got for free. <laughs> so I didn't because typing these in was long and arduous. And so you can imagine how I felt about uh, doing it in 2021. It's funny because we, me and Brent independently both decided to use the COCO uh, for our programs this week, the TRC Color Computer. Uh, I Mine was a Color Computer 3 program, and Brent's, I think, will work on any of the Color Computers. Yeah. And we both had the same reasoning, which was this was the really the one machine that I was comfortable with using basic in and typing in. I knew all the ins and outs, so it was easy for me to go back to it. And while I'll admit that these probably aren't the sexiest games you're ever going to see, uh, they were short, and they were uh, uh, interesting to type in, I will say that. It's not something I'd want to go back and do every week, uh, but it was pain- a painless process. And luckily, uh, because of the uh, uh, the backbone of the color computer community, all the games out of Rainbow have subsequently been stored and archived, and so you could readily get these games at uh, whatever you want without having to type anything in at all. So it's and in fact, so have all the rainbows for that matter. So if you're interested in looking up a rainbow or a or a program for it,, uh, they're all there and they're ready to rock and roll. Uh, i I will say uh, having played basic games on the Coke over the years, uh, that were typed in, or magazine games. I don't remember seeing anything that I thought was ultra, ultra standout. I'm, of course, I haven't played everything. I've played some of the things, uh, but I'm sure there were. Other computers had you know varying degrees of success with BASIC. What you're watching here, if you're watching this at, uh, uh, on video, is uh, our buddy Hermski, who types in Spectrum games uh, and makes videos out of it. And I have to say, I've watched some of his videos, and these are pretty elaborate games. They, they yeah. came out of books. It's been my recollection that uh, programs that came out of these the game books are a little more advanced, but of course you're going to be sitting there and typing them in until the cows come home. I don't have the uh, I don't have the patience of Hermsky Brent, and I don't think you do either.
1: And his game, the the games he's playing look awesome. Like they look <laughs> like something I would actively seek out to play.
0: Yeah, I will. I will also mention something that was <laughs> someone in chat mentioned here. That one of the best things about magazines putting games in their uh, pages is that they knew you would have to buy the next issue to see all the corrections that would come <laughs> because that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen quite a bit back in the day where they would, they would print something wrong. Uh, but that was part of it. You know, listen, playing games back in the old days was hard. You know, uh, people are very, uh it's a, uh, we're all spoiled with all the amazing uh, input output uh, that we have now, but there was a time where you literally had to input it the old-fashioned way with the old fingerinis. So with all that said, Brent, uh, we picked a couple games this week to check out. Like I said, uh, I will admit, my good buddy, the guru of the color computer, L. Curtis Boyle, all hail, gave me a bunch of suggestions for games. And I actually picked one of his suggestions after going through three or four of these bad boys. And I'll lead the dance this week, uh, Brent, if I may. The game I chose was, bam, it's Gopher Smash, Brent. Gopher Smash by Thomas Wong. Uh, Gopher Smash appeared in the January 1993 edition of Rainbow. This is is one of the latest rainbows, one of the last rainbows, if not the last Rainbow ever released. Very late in the game uh, for this. This is a Coco 3 exclusive, Brent. And uh, the listing here, I'm looking at it, it had uh, 24 lines of code to put in, and, and uh, Color Computer Basic. Uh, so it was no g- great shakes to put this in. Uh, uh, I, again, Thomas Wong, I don't know if he did a bunch of other stuff. I, I didn't uh, see anything else that he was responsible for, but he may have been a big player. Or he, The one thing about these magazine games is, like, you could send in uh, your game, and they would evaluate it. In fact, I saw yours had a, a bunch of information about the author. Pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, this one did not. Uh, but this is a pretty simple game, uh, Brent. Where you basically try to whack a gopher with a hammer? That old, the old standby. Yeah. Brutalize an animal with a hammer. That's the way we like to do it. Uh This is, and I went ahead. and This is actually captured footage of me. I will tell you that there, there is no footage out there of any of these games. I <laughs> mean, me and Britt made our own footage because we had to. We had no choice. Um, you can see I just listed the code there. If you're watching at home, twenty four. Uh, 24 lines of code. Uh, Coke, if you're not familiar with uh, the Coco, uh, generally you've got the old green background all in caps, the whole nine yards, and you just type the sucker in. Uh, the the Coco 3, uh, which I've got one sitting right here in front of me, has a great keyboard, very responsive. Uh, we were talking before the show about how difficult it would be to type some of these things in on, say, the ZX Spectrum keyboard or the Atari 400 Keyboard, the old membrane keyboards. Yeah, this a was no easy feat, and you could see how you could get so many errors just from the basis of the keyboard being so wonky, you know. Uh, and so it was. The keyboard made a big difference. That was another part of the reason we chose the Coco because we knew that we had we could. Well, I typed them in it on the actual Coco, so there you go. So, getting to the game, go for Smash. It's a very simple game. Uh, you have uh, three rows of three boxes or rectangles. Each one has a letter in it uh, QWE, ASD, and ZXC. If those sound familiar, they should. Those are the rows of keys on your keyboard. And the way this game works is you try to whack the gopher when he pops his little head out of the hole, right? Simple. Uh, and when you hit a key, uh, on the, that uh, the box has a, if when you hit the key that's labeled on the box, the hammer will come down on that box. So your goal is to whack him when you see his little head pop up. That's all there is to it. Oh, wait, no, it's not. There's also false flags which pop up, which are literally little like banners that come up out of the boxes. You don't want to hit those. So you only want to hit the gopher because you'll lose points. Uh, oh, by the way, that I mentioned, there's also a time limit that, that clicks down. And your goal in this, this is to score as high a score as you can given the time limit, which I believe was 60 seconds yeah. uh, per round. Now, you could go in there and actually edit the time limit if you wanted to. You could also go in. They had mentioned that you could change the time limit. You could also take out the speed uh, poke in this to make it run slower if you wanted to. <clears throat> I found it ran at a pretty competitive pace that made it fun to play. So this is simply an, a, a hand-eye coordination test. Uh, as you try to go through these, I like this game. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think the gopher is pretty well represented. Uh, the, uh, the, I mean, this is the graphics are fairly basic, but they get the job done. Uh, the object of the game is clear from the outset. It ran perfectly. It ran very quickly. Uh, I like the high score aspect of it and I like the scoring on it. I, so overall, I thought it was a pretty fun game. There's not really any sound to speak of, uh, anything like that. When the game ends, your timer runs out. Uh, you've got your final score, and it gives you the option to play again. Uh, one of the other things you can do when you're typing this in is actually change which keys you want to use on the keyboard uh, to uh, represent the various boxes. That's also an option. Uh, so uh, uh, you have some variety. It, it mentions this uh, in the listing for this. But again, this is a simple program that, was, that only took me about 10 minutes to load in, Brent. What did you think of Gopher Smash? Well, the neatest part of Gopher Smash is one you didn't even
1: mention. Yeah, depending on how out of the box the Gopher mm-hmm. is, you will get score a higher score if you bop him when he's at the apex of his uh, coming in and out of the See, hole. See, I never
0: even noticed that. I didn't even yeah. notice
1: that. So I that was that made it a little bit better. Um, this didn't bring anything new to the table. There's no new concepts. It, it, it's is it impressive for a, a typing game? Sure, especially one as as small as it is. Uh, it functions okay. It's not the smoothest thing out there. There'll be a lot of times when you hit the key, and the game will kind of freeze for a second, and then the hammer will actually appear. It it's still you. It's not that it's delayed. It's just the whole program slows down if you use try to use the hammer too much.
0: I which you can kind be the. How did you play this exactly, uh, Brentster? I, I played it through uh, emulator. I will say I played this on my official gen, genuine Color Computer three. Jack to the gills with memory speed uh, updates, the whole nine yards, and this thing ran quite well for me. I don't recall having any issues. Well, you can even see in the video you shot that
1: the more you hit your hammer, the slower everything proceeds. Well, you,
0: you're, that's uh, that's a game element. I don't think that's necessarily the program slogging around. All right,
1: I don't agree, but okay. Um, now, I played this for you sure. know ten minutes. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I played it. I tried to see my tried to see how high I could get the score. I think I got to like like forty eight uh which i thought was pretty eh? good yeah that's good Um, i don't think i got that high but and then i was done i was like you know what this is cute i i'm i'm glad i experienced this i would not recommend typing in this game there are way way easier ways to play games just like that out in the world um but you know it was cute i wish it had sound i wish it had music that kind of thing. It's very short.
0: <laughs> we'll yeah. say that. And I will say, I asked Curtis why this, re- why would this require a Cocoa 3? He told me that this uh, runs in a 320 by 192 by 16 color uh, screen. So that's yeah. a
1: color. Yeah, you 3. can see the color. Oh yeah, the, the definitely there's more colors than a Cocoa 2 could have
0: done. I should mention, uh, I don't re- recommend typing in any of these. Uh, if you go to the Color Computer Archive, uh, these all these discs from the Rainbow as I mentioned earlier are all, all readily available, uh, and you can download this right away. Uh, in fact, this was on the the, the first disc of the uh, of the issue. Uh, it's again this is uh, January 1993 of Rainbow. These Rainbow's are kind of fun to flip through as well and kind of see what the scene was like. Uh, if you read the, I remember getting Rainbow in the mail. Early in 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 the Coco's life, and it was a big, thick magazine, very bulky magazine, full yeah. of bad stuff. And it really did it. It, it once again uh, went way, way down until at the end, it was not you know it was probably a third or a fourth of its original size. It's a bummer, but that's ultimately how every magazine comes and goes when it comes to these computers. That eventually they ran out of gas. <clears throat> you know, uh, I was pleased, Brent, uh, to notice that we had people. I actually review this game, and so I want to go over uh, the reviews we got. We actually got a couple here. Uh, Boat of Car writes in, This game is a perfect example of what a type-in game should be. Fast action, simple gameplay, and serviceable graphics put this above many other games in this category. It took me an embarrassing long time to figure out that only the keys uh, you need are the left side of the keyboard. Stack three rows of three. Once I realized that, I was able to do much better. The addition of false flags that penalize your score add variety to the mindless action. My top score was 25, Boat rights, So there you go for that one. Uh, our good buddy Mitsuyama writes, A simple concept but well executed. The game tests the player's reaction time, much like a real-life whack-a-mole game it is based on. It seemed to have a few instances where a key press was not registered, but this may be down to emulation. It has nice graphics, but only basic sound. However, I'd be very satisfied with this after going to the trouble of typing it in. And lastly, Z9K9 writes, Fun! I can imagine typing this in as a kid, calling my parents to appreciate my pseudo-creation, and then having a competition all gathered around the screen together, and new computer fascination like a wholesome magazine ad. In the days before that effect, Wore off for the adults and the games became more sophisticated uh, enough to require energy and free time possessed only by children. The game has a couple of helpful features. The sound effects slow down the game. So one can hammer at an empty space repeatedly to get more time to react to the targets when they appear. Well, he found that he found a gimmick Brent. Yeah. It it might, it might be cheating, but it's the only way I can hit a single thing in high speed mode. Also by key hammering, gophers can be hit multiple times for extra points. Is this an inadvertent bug or an ingenious manic augmentation to the gopher smashing formula akin to the infinite spin in modern Tetris? So there you go. It, I didn't know about the actual cheating on that. Very, very, very interesting. I'm going to, have to go back and try those out. One more thing I want to add here before we move on. I happen to have played whack a mole this week, if you can believe it. So this. As time as today's headlines, me and the boy went down to Fun City, and they had a whack-a-mole machine, and we did play it. And uh, I will say, whack-a-mole, fun in virtual reality as well as in actual reality. We had a good time smashing the mole. So, good <laughs> stuff. Let's move along. Brent, what did you pick up this week?
1: Oddly enough, without any uh, uh, collusion, we both picked a TRS-80 game, and we both picked a game involving gophers. Mine is go for it. And the full title is Go For It or Turn Up Wet. This is a game that was in the 1986 issue of Rainbow Magazine, so way early on. Uh, well, moderately early on. Uh, it was programmed by Steve Stewart. He is a Air Force captain uh, out of uh, Nebraska when he programmed this and said he's been programming since the 80s. Uh, This was his first published program. I like that it had a little snippet about him in the article for the game. I thought that was kind of interesting. I tried looking this guy up, see if he was still alive, see if he was still programming or anything. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't able to find much. I know that um, trying to search for Steve Stewart and also trying to search for Go For It, It brought up a lot of interesting results uh unfortunately none that i could actually tie back to the to the
0: gentleman at hand i could see where trying to find this guy it would be difficult and he may have never done another program ever in his whole life you never know
1: right right and it does have the air force base that he was out of so i tried using that in the searches but i, I didn't get anywhere it's just man you, you know. were stalking this guy Well, <laughs> 40 years in it was uh, i guess uh, it was just uh, not uh. meant to be so and go for it what do you do Well, first, let me back up. Let me tell you why I actually picked this game. When I first read it, because it says, uh, there are things you must uh, be understood to play this game. Farmers grow turnips. Gophers love turnips. Farmers hate gophers. So I actually thought you played as the farmer trying to get the gopher. That's not the case. You actually play as the gopher eating the turnips. So, I typed this bad boy in, and I I typed it in over about, I don't know, my game was a little bit longer, it ended up having about 70 lines of code, took me about 45 minutes to get it all into the system, and of course, when you run it the first time, I don't know if you got it right on the first time, Aaron, but I actually had to go through and edit lines as they would come up broken, because the game would run, it would go a little bit, and then it would break out it'd fail out yeah i got so my to, first attempt but it's a lot it was a lot smaller you did get yours on the first attempt yeah yeah impressive my biggest problem and this guy loved using colons instead of actually making different lines yeah was mixing up my colons and my semicolons that oh, caused yeah. me a lot of headache yeah because uh, so this program has a lot of both <clears throat> so i would i i went through and i debugged all the program chipped away, took a total of about two hours before I got the game running uh, correctly. Now, this game has a lot of features that yours doesn't. Uh, first off, it allows you to play with a joystick. You can use joystick or keyboard. Second of all, it has three different skill levels, and the skill levels are basically how many turnups are on the screen and how often the uh, farmer attacks you, and I'll go in that after when we get to gameplay. And also, this had a lot of sound. Uh, almost everything you did in the game produced a sound, uh, whether it was eating a turnip or uh, the bombs going off, or you know, whenever you used your special ability, that sort of stuff. So it was a bit more involved than your game. I, I-, I would, I think, it's fair to say. So, what do you do in gopher it? You are a gopher, which is represented by just a a box. Because you have to remember, this is Coco 2, early Coco days. And it seeds a board with random X's that represent uh, turnips. And your job is to go around the board and eat all the turnips. And your only defense is... Every once in a while, three times during your play, you can block your path, block the path behind you. Why would you want to do that? Well, the way that the farmer is attacking you is with water. And he'll try to fill up the tunnels that you've made uh, with water. So if he sets off a water bomb and hits one of the tunnels you're currently digging in, it will flood your your tunnel and kill you. But if he hits one that is previously blocked off, it will just fill up that tunnel uh, that you're no longer a part of and life goes on. There's also a section above ground, uh, which is actually the, the farm area. All the other turnips are in the ground because turnips are a root vegetable. And you kind of dig them out that way. But you have to go up on top every once in a while and get the turnips that are on the surface. And when you're on the surface, all he has to do is bomb anywhere on the surface, and it'll fill up the whole area. It'll flood you out. Very, very clever game. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Now, you have to understand something. This is an early basic game, and there are, are lots of problems. First of all, when the board seeds when you first load it up, it takes a while, especially if you're playing on the higher difficulty where tons and tons of turnups come out. It takes a while because it's random. It's a randomly generated every time. Remember this is 1986 randomly generated board. So thumbs up right there. Uh, but it takes a while. It takes maybe 15, 20 seconds to get the board actually to fill up. Uh, Second kind of a little annoyance is the the water bombs are random, so you have to kind of uh, it, it's luck. A lot of it is luck. There is some skill in how far do you want to press your luck before you make a new tunnel, which would make it harder to hit you. But ultimately, where the bombs hit are random, so it's that's kind of a weird element. Not it's it's a bad gameplay from a from a. Uh, uh, gameplay experience it, that kind of sucks but where this game was fun for me was the challenge to complete each <clears throat> skill level because on skill level one you might have 10 turnups, and since you can block your path three times it's not that it's not that hard you can get through it not so hard once you understand uh what you have to do to actually progress uh Level 2, there's a lot more, and a lot more uh, seem to appear in the field area where it's easier to get flooded out. And then level 3 is just an obscene amount of turnups. I had so much fun getting through each skill level, and I did beat all three of them eventually. Uh, when you win the game, it plays a little song, and you go for blinks. Uh, but then it does freeze the game. So you do have to break out of the program and run it again to start it back up. That, to me, kind of silly. You would think it would just be a key press to restart the game, because if you die, you can. You can just hit hit the space bar start right back up. But if you win, you have to actually quit the game. And I think the reason why it was done that way was to have less things to type, but... I would have preferred if it actually just restarted the game, Aaron. When you played this, first of all, did you understand what you were trying to do pretty quickly, or did it take you a while? And did you understand about the tunnel aspect of shutting it off behind you?
0: Well, <clears throat> you know, when when I first started playing this, I had planned on the I had planned the killing, the killing of game because I didn't like it, uh, but in the interest of uh, Trying to trying to figure it out, I went back and read the article and learned about the uh, the, blo- the the blocking the tunnel, which is an important aspect of this of this game. Uh, if you don't have if you don't know about hitting the space bar to block the tunnel, you're boomed. because yeah. going through this without that ability is nigh impossible. It's certainly difficult bare minimum. Uh, all that said, uh, I will say uh, it's a game. Of, of some advanced um uh, it this is not as basic a game as the whack-a-mole game obviously uh you uh on the flip side it's sort of almost as random uh with the with the farmers bombs going off because you're right they just randomly appear uh on the screen and it, sometimes you just get hosed i mean there's not there's no way around it you're dead now once again, I am not going to let you off the hook for this. Once again, you and you didn't know this when you programmed it in, so I'm not going to kill you too bad, but you've picked a game that doesn't end. There's another one of these. I don't know about is, is with you and these games. This is a major... Well, no, no, that's not know, fair. This, is, a this major. is
1: different because when you win, you've won. There is
0: no going on to the next level. You just win. No, that, that's a lame excuse. They oh, I have to listen. That's having to start the whole having to start the whole program over is lame, and, and it's not. I don't think it's because that uh, they want to disable programming space. I think it's because they just didn't put an end again. Lame. That's that that is the worst part of the game. That that much said, so we're gonna go. We're gonna give that a pass. All right, because this is a basic game. Um, the uh, the fact that the bombs are random is the only thing that lets this down for being something more interesting. Uh, because uh, uh, you can't really strategize. You can take precautions, okay, but you can't strategize. I do like the aspect that you have to go above ground to get some of the turnips. Uh, the uh, 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 that makes it interesting because it's much more dangerous above ground. Uh, anything that hits up there will flood the entire upper part of the screen. And if you have a tunnel extending to the upper part of the screen and it gets hit, your your bone there too to flood your tunnel. So. This is a game uh, that, that we've sort of seen things like this. Uh, what we played? What was that game we played? The oil's well or whatever. It's sort of like the, the flood in the tunnels type game. This is a different slant on it, uh, but overall, I actually found this pretty interesting. Uh, would I play this before I'd play uh, my game, I'd say they're on equal footing in a different way. Uh, just because this game, you'll in that game, you've got a fair shake and you also have a high score you can contend to, and you can also there's a timer. It's a more tight, more complete game. But the concepts in this are more advanced. It's a more advanced game uh, with a lot more uh, thinking involved. And so and the fact that he did put in the ability to block the tunnels, that really makes it a better game. The fact yeah. that he put in uh, the ability to have different skill levels, is I like that, adding all the turnips. And also I like the fact that he even supported joysticks. He didn't have to do that, but that was cool. You know, so I give. I like that. My, you couldn't really play my game with the joystick the way the way it was structured. That obviously would not be still stupid to have allowed that. But hey, I like this as a decent little game, uh, all things considered. Uh, would I take uh, two hours to type this in? No, absolutely no. Uh, but what I and I, I like to have seen this expanded upon. I think you might have something, uh, Brent, if you expanded on it a little bit and just cleaned up some of the mess. I think this could be a pretty fun game, and this does this this game does uh, uh, show you the the age old adage that the graphics don't make the game. I mean, this is this, this game has really basic graphics. I mean, super basic; they're literally basic, uh, but they're it's still fun, and there's fun to be had uh, in a game that's so simple that required uh, such a little code. Uh, so i i will say that's i i did enjoy that and i also one thing i wanted to mention before you moved on is 86 I wouldn't consider early in the Coco because uh, it'd been around for years at this point uh and the cocoa uh the, you know it was pretty well established by then so i don't i think there'd been plenty of time for advancement uh, by 86 it's not it's not like this is the, the the dark ages of programming and basics. so i would i would say they had some time and this game reflects that i think the game is like I said, fairly advanced for a basic
1: game. I think the the visuals on this game, the way that when a bomb goes off, it actually fills the tunnel with with blue, you know, the water. I think that is incredible. I think the sound effects uh when you do different things, it plays little songs and little tunes, uh is incredible. I think the flow of this for the most part, of course, when a bomb goes off, everything stops. You can't move while the bomb's actually going off. It and it stops and it fills the tunnels and then the the water recedes and then you go back. Uh, I, that that's a drawback, but also a limitation of what they're working with. Here's the thing for me, Aaron. When I was playing this, and I would put down, I would I would block a tunnel off, right? And, and move one, I was thinking, you know, this tunnel's getting long. I, I want to block this off so I don't get flooded. And I block it off, and then the next bomb that goes off, the next move I make fills that tunnel that I was just in. Yeah. That's an awesome feeling. That's the kind of feelings I love from games. Like when you just barely make the right move. Or when you you know you're thinking, man, I'm going to block this off, but I want to get this last turn up before I do it and right before you get there the bomb goes off and you you should have blocked the tunnel it, you know if you'd have done that you'd have lived getting that type of feeling getting cuz i i mean i got excited when i made the right move when i blocked off the tunnel and you know the one behind me filled up with water it made me feel good it made me feel excited about what's going on and this is from a square eating plus signs yeah so to get that kind of feeling from a game that I typed in myself that still had bugs, I found out later, uh, that didn't affect the, the core gameplay, but still did have bugs in it. Uh, I, double thumbs up. Steve Stewart, if you ever watched this video, I, I would imagine at this point you're probably a a an old man, but super thumbs up to you. I had so much fun playing this game. I played this game for hours, Aaron. Hours. I mean, now, some of that time was bug-fixing, but then after I got what I thought all the bugs were fixed, I kept playing it because I enjoyed the feeling of making the right decision to block off tunnels. Yes, sometimes I would move four steps and a bomb would get me immediately, and that would suck, but I would just restart the game and keep going. Having the different levels to go up, I, I I really love this game. I would absolutely recommend... Oh, I, I 100% recommend someone going and everyone going and playing this. I yeah. think it's it, it's a testimony to simplicity in good game design. Hey, and I, I, I agree. With I you. would even recommend it, it. You feel ownership, even though you didn't write the program. You feel ownership when you key something like this in. So. I would even recommend typing the game in, getting in there and physically making the types, run it, see what breaks, fixing those lines. It is all so very rewarding. I enjoyed this so much. It was amazing.
0: I I can't give this a ringing endorsement because there's no progression, there's no scoring, uh, there's any of that stuff. But concept-wise, it's quite brilliant. I I will say uh, I think it was a good job. One thing I want to mention before we uh, move on down the line is uh, Rainbow Magazine, especially for your game, had some outstanding artwork. If yeah. you're watching the video. Of this you can see the artwork displayed. They did a great job because a lot of the okay, here we are, like Brent said, we're talking about a cursor going towards plus signs. It's hard to use your mind to transfer that to the story of going after a gopher, and they and uh, so a lot of the magazines would have excellent artists that would come in, just like when you got a uh, awesome text games with great box art. It's the same concept because you have to sort of have a little visualization help, but a great, a great piece of art goes a long way in, uh, in that department. And they did a great job here. The the art wraps around the actual text of the program in a very clever way with the farmer, with the water hose and the gopher. I really enjoy the art on this as well.
1: One more thing I want to mention. Yes, sir. That rainbow magazine did so Right. When they give you the code for the game, it is set up in such a way that each line is the line length of what you're typing in on the screen. And you can use that as kind of a check and balance system. When you're typing in especially big, long lines, you know that like the, semi, the colon should be above the number five because they actually have the line length match what you're seeing on the screen brilliant move by rainbow back in the
0: day and so you're just a step back you're telling me that this was the first uh this is the first time you'd ever typed at a game yeah oh well, that's great yep. that really justifies the show to me right there i'm glad you enjoyed it you know we did get some uh we get some people had to played your game uh brent uh john boat of car shawler writes um uh, this is very much in line with the type of program game, uh, type of typing programs I keyed in on the tw- Atari 1200 XL as a kid. It's not really a game. There's no scoring, no end, and the game crashes when you leave the play field. St- still, though, there's, def- there's a definable goal, there are difficulty levels, and the game does resemble the activity of a gopher burrowing down uh, into the ground to collect stuff. But then the gopher also soars into the air, so I don't know. Play it for yourself and make your own call. Uh, Mitsuyama writes, uh, the word that springs to mind to describe this game is random. The number, the number of turnips that you need to collect seems random as does the frequency and the location of the enemy shots. Uh, while you can minimize your chances of getting hit by reusing the tunnels and plotting an efficient route to collect the turnips, completing the level seems to, uh, down to luck rather than skill with basic sound and graphics. I'd be a little disappointed with this effort after going to all the effort of typing it in. Now I will say uh, reading in chat, Mitsuyama did not know about tunnel blocking and he says that's a game changer. So I have a feeling he might revise that, uh, that review. And lastly, Z9K9 writes, uh, this is more fun in high speed mode, but the overarching randomness rules uh, uh, make it, uh, overarching randomness makes it hard to take very consequential actions in this game. As a captain, in the U.S. Air Force, perhaps the author was communicating a metaphor of the futil- futility of war for those on the ground, the constant threat of sudden annihilation in the years of the Cold War by a bomb that might personally have been enlisted to drop. So that is, my God, what a, a chilling review from Zena K. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that, except let's go to the wheel. <laughs> Holy crap. Holy smokes. So, this week, Brent, we've added a couple items here. Uh, for one, uh, we have added a new retro rewind piece uh, to the wheel, the Sword M5. The Sword M5. This was a, uh, something from way back at our first Thanks for Giving, and it was a uh, suggestion by Anthony Jarvis. And the uh, new piece this week, Globetrotting Adventures, submitted by Alex Smith. So, there you go, Brent. Let's see what we can get this time around, shall we? you have a thought on this one? We should add Gopher games to the wheel. Oh, well, I think we just did. Here we go. <laughs> oh. And the winner. The winner of the of the uh, wheel this week. Stealth games, Brent. Stealth games. Oh, okay. An, okay. Interesting, an interesting topic. Uh, Brent, what do you think about the constant playing some stealth games? I'm not a huge fan of
1: stealth games, personally. Um, I like it when stealth is an option, but being forced to stealth, I think's usually slow. Uh-huh. however, uh this is a very broad topic, so I think we can get some good winners here. Can you
0: you know, I'm trying to can you think of some stealth games that have a prominent place in uh gaming just off the top of your head uh, the only ones that really come to my mind instantly are are games uh with the uh, um what's the guy's name? You know, solid snake. Those weren't. Those are Metal Gear. Stuff. Metal yeah. Gear. That's right.
1: Yeah. Can you th- think th- of that any would, other ones? Uh, I mean, being put on the spot,
0: no, yeah. because those those are the ones I instantly thought of. Pictures but there's of mentions Thief. That's another one. I'll give you that one. So we may have to dig deep on this one because I really no, don't I think there. I no. This is a this is a pretty extensive. This is a pretty extensive topic. I just think it's it's interesting to me. Normally, when we get these, I think of a couple right off the bat. And I really can only think of the one, so we're gonna have to actually get in there, and it'll be kind of neat there. We got to now, bro We gonna set any system limits on this, or is this another anything goes?
1: That's no, anything goes, man. All right, stealth games. Enough. It's got the the core element of gameplay needs to be stealth
0: based. Outside very, of that, it's open. Very good. Very good. Hey, before we go, just a couple uh, bits of house cleaning. I want to thank everyone who popped around last week for the International Computer Club. We had a good time. We had one of the biggest turnouts we've ever had for anything we've ever done on the Amigos show. Just a huge turnout, a lot of fun. Uh, If you missed the live show, it has been released uh, on YouTube in an edited form. And the edited form means I took out all the times where things screwed up. So that will make it a much easier watch. It's a slim trim, four hours and 21 minutes, Brent. If you're into the Computer Club, pop one over. Uh, Again, we broadcast ARG Presents every Sunday, 10 a.m., and we will be back next week, Brent, with Stealth Games. So until then, be kind to your gophers. Thanks for joining us today. We really
1: hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month, you can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Ram, W. Vetke, Rollo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Solo, of Frodo NL, Steve Raphnesson, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Fold, Mitsuyama, Jason Warren, Rob Flack O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, RetroAlgae, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.